America. My name is Ami Osei Frimpong. I come to you live every Thursday. And, you know, this Roe v. Wade um, repeal happened and people want me to talk about it. So I'll tell you a few things. Don't fall into this trap, black people. And why do I say don't fall into this trap, black people? I'm saying that now we, and I'm pro-choice. I'll say this as a man who's pro-choice. I think women should, I'm one of these guys who, I'm just not in the business of using the law to tell people what to do with their body. But, uh, well, what, like, yeah, whether to have an abortion, I'm just, that's just not how I view self-determination working. But other people think that, you know, we're sanctioning merit, uh, sanctioning murder by allowing women to abort fetuses. Uh, I, I'm not one of those people. And in that case, I think the tie should go to the, the, the rational person um, who, who's, who wants to perform the procedure on herself. Right? So I'm, that's where I am. However, I pretty much hate single-issue feminists. I think single-issue abortion feminists are one of the most regressive demographics in the nation and are the reason why we don't have better race and labor politics because they think they're allies when they're really just awful. And I say they're regressive because these are the people who are Democrats who very, who really, 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 really um, wanted Hillary Clinton to win in 2016 in the Democratic primary, even though she was markedly the worst candidate of the field, right? So they weren't serious. They, they talk about being serious. They talk a lot. They talk about being serious and they vote. This is the, like the most, uh, uh, you know, the white women are the biggest uh, voting demographic in the nation. We have the politics we have, both conservative and um, uh, democratic, because of that's the politics white women have. Like, you get confused about that because they elect white men to do their bidding, but we have the politics we have because both on the Democratic side and the Republican side, because that's the politics that's palatable to them, right? So they wanted Hillary Clinton against uh, Donald Trump just because they wanted to wear a pantsuit on election day. They wanted to wear a pantsuit on election day more than they wanted to win the election because they're unserious people. And they're unserious about politics. They didn't actually think nothing actually touches them, right? So when nothing touches you, then the most important issue of the election is whether or not you get to wear your pantsuit, right? They didn't actually take this seriously because if they took this seriously, they'd be like, well, as much as I like Hillary Clinton and as much as I looked up to her in the 90s and even in the early 2000s, she's kind of an awful candidate for this moment and is inadequate, a markedly inadequate for this moment for like the fact that, you know, the Clintons and NAFTA kind of like shipped all like the Midwest jobs overseas and they're kind of proud of it. So um, as much as I would like to like vote for Hillary Clinton and wear a pantsuit, I want to make sure that a Democrat wins so that we can preserve the Supreme Court so that nobody um, repeals Roe v. Wade. But no, they chose themselves. They wanted to wear a pantsuit. It's okay because their standard bearer did the same thing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have resigned after beating cancer twice and allowed um, Obama to appoint a new justice. But in Chad, she chose herself. She chose herself. And at her advanced age, she chose herself 
and we let her off the hook and saying like, actually, that's very selfish, <laughs> right? Like, right, you could have pretty much picked your successor and you picked yourself, and but very on brand for that variety of liberal feminism that says women should be able to do what they want and nobody could actually hold them responsible for anything. Make no mistakes, that's what liberal feminism will, <laughs> is telling no small number of women. They don't actually have to be responsible for anything. And this is why none of them will actually take ownership of the fact that this is the long self-own. This is the long self-own. Like an own goal, when you score on yourself, or you, like, you degrade yourself in ways you don't even know, this is what the feminists did in 2016. Because they chose themselves over what's right for the country, it turns out that now Roe is repealed. And I don't have a real problem saying that because I actually told them that at the time. It's not like, oh, well, hindsight is, you know, 2020. No, at the time, I posted this. And if you can't read it, it's pretty much a bunch of Bernie Sanders people on the left panel saying that, like, really, uh, we're not that excited for Hillary Clinton. And the Hillary Clinton people on the right panel saying, well, what about SCOTUS? What about SCOTUS? Um, and the Bernie Sanders people saying that, like, yeah, we don't care about SCOTUS the way you do. So if you really care about SCOTUS, vote for Sanders. And the Hillary, and the Hillary um, Clinton people putting their fingers in their ears because they're children and saying, like, no, 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 no. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. And then end up they, the Hillary Clinton people nominated the only candidate in the known world who would have lost Wisconsin in 2016 to Trump. The Scanies didn't want to vote for Trump <laughs> in 2016. They thought he was gauche. Like, he didn't even win the primary there. So, Ted Cruz did. So, um, and for the record, Ted Cruz would have be be beat Hillary Clinton. And he's a whole sociopath. Like, I don't understand. So, they chose themselves, and elections have consequences. So, you get the Supreme Court that you get. But you're not going to hear liberal feminists talk like that, that like we did this to ourselves because we were not responsible with our suffrage, <laughs> like, but they did this to themselves. And now you have all these people saying like, well, you know, this is, this is a black woman's issue too, because black women get disproportionate uh, a number of abortions. It's, it may be true that black women get a disproportionate number of abortions, but that's a problem. They shouldn't get a disproportionate number of abortions. That should be the first thing. Like, why are black women getting a disproportionate number of, of abortions? Let's go after the social factors that, that create that. It's not because their lives are great. So white women care about abortion because that's the only, like, thing that's not coddled for them. <laughs> like, we have an America that distributes risk to everybody else and gives a lesser share to white women. It doesn't get... They get... a distributes risk and vulnerability. That's why they live forever. They have long life expectancies relative to men, and they pretty much live twice as long as black men. But um, that's that's not true. But a significant a significant number, um, because of the the political distribution of risk and 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 hard labor that's been secured from white women, and they don't want to give that up, right? So. Um, Yeah, they're like they're a fundamentally irresponsible class, and it turns out elections have consequences. And they got to wear their pantsuit for election day, and then they got their Trump president and their Trump judges. And now we're living, you know, we've lost the Supreme Court for the next 30 years. So, by the way, the Supreme Court's gone for our entire, for until they put me in the ground. 
Like my grandkids might get a decent Supreme Court, but you shouldn't depend on the Supreme Court anyway because <laughs> that's not they're not exactly um, you know a fundamental realization of democracy proper. They're necessary. You need someone to adjudicate uh, claims and decide constitutionality, but that shouldn't be where we. They shouldn't be securing your rights. If your rights were secured by the Supreme Court, that's pretty much you expect daddy to take care of everything. You're not really serious about democracy. Right? And you know, all these women like aren't really serious about democracy. So they expected the Supreme Court to take care of their 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 rights. And that's just not how America was ever not how America was built, and that's just not how America should be built. Also, people just say that, well, you know, this isn't popular. So the Supreme Court um uh, only does what's popular, and they, they think that like the Supreme Court um, follows opinion polls in a way that the Supreme Court never actually does. Now, it can never be wholly unpopular because it doesn't control um, the guns, the executive branch does, and it doesn't control budgets, the legislative branch does. So it has to kind of go along with what the other branches go with. But the Supreme Court orders in a way that it can get away with. Right? So Citizens United, not popular. Probably less popular than um, uh, an outright ban on abortions, which we don't have. But like, if you were to outright ban on abortions, that would not be popular. Also, Citizens United, like corporate personhood, not popular at all. It just doesn't matter. Right? So the Supreme Court will do what's unpopular if, um, you know, it just doesn't matter to people. Right? So... We have a, a vaguely a, a democratic populace that's not really doesn't really care about democratic institutions as long as the institutions that are standing get them rich. So when you game the institutions politically by allowing corporations to to give unfettered to candidates, people don't care as long as they can still make their nut, as long as they can still make their wage, as long as they can still get over on it. Right, so because we're a democratic politics that doesn't take democratic institutions seriously. If we took democratic institutions seriously, you'd see Nancy Pelosi on debates, you'd see James Clyburn having to debate challenges. But we don't take democratic institutions seriously as long as they secure us the goods and services that are good for us, in particular, even if they're bad for the realization of self-government. Right, and so that's why Citizens United, while not popular, is fine. It's like you can get away with it. Because the people who do take corporate personhood seriously are the corporations, right? And so that's the same with um, abortion, even universal health care to a way, uh, to an extent. The people who take abortion seriously, you know, the people who think of it like as baby murder, they are on the pro-life side, the pro-choice people, you know, only the most obnoxious humans in America are single-issue pro-choice voters. And like, if that's your biggest issue, not the lead water for black communities, not the hookworms in Alabama, like, that's, 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 you know, like, you're an awful person. Except you don't know that you're an awful person. You think you're one of the good people. You have pet projects that are left. You might have a BLM sign on your back, but you're not really. You think reparations are divisive. Reparations are divisive. Critical race theory is divisive. But abortion, I expect everybody, everybody in the world to come to a rally and support my right to get an abortion. Like, that's not the most divisive. That's more divisive than critical race theory. And um, nobody thinks by God, or very few people think by God, like, 
reparation should not happen or by God, um, critical race theory should be out of schools. But a lot of people think that, you know, abortion is baby murder. So in terms of divisive issues, if divisiveness is what matters, you're expecting me to, to hop on the most divisive issue when you won't even argue with PTA moms you don't even like. PTA moms you don't even like, you won't, you won't risk alienating yourself from them in order to support reparations or in order to support um, uh, critical race theory, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to risk your, your grandpappy's, your racist grandpappy's inheritance. Um, and so, but I'm supposed to, as a black man, supposed to like throw everything in support of, of pro-abortion politics. And I, I support abortion. I support people's right to, to, to choose to abort um, kids or fetuses, um, but I, I, don't, I don't appreciate the lack of reciprocity from people who consider themselves my allies, right? And so I, want, I need you to bring the same kind of energy that you expect from me about abortion, I need you to bring that same kind of energy to critical race theory and reparations for black people, our justice claims. And if you don't, if you aren't willing to bring that same kind of energy to black justice claims, but you expect me to bring that energy to your abortion claim, then um, you're just a white supremacist or just not a huge fan of racial justice. Right? So if, uh, and if you think that, that's, that I'm wrong in that estimation, I'm actually right. You're just not going to hear it too many places. But if you want to hear it more places, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month. Because I will tell you right now that um, I will bring all of the heat in support of pro-choice politics if the single issue pro-choice abortion feminists bring all of their full weight, not like as a pet project, but as like a full weight of their force towards reparations. Because I'll tell you, like I said before, America has the politics it has because white women have the politics they have. They're the biggest voting bloc. And like the no small number of them are on the pro-life side or single-issue pro-life voters in Georgia. They're the reasons why, you know, the state legislature is going to do what it does in Georgia. And if they're willing to bring that level of energy in support of critical race theory and reparations, I will bring, I will pledge you right now, I will bring that energy, I will match their energy in terms of abortion politics because I think that's appropriate. Thing is, they're not going to bring that energy. Or what they're going to say is, if and for anyone who, for this is the last straw before they were radicalized, you were never an ally. Because the last straw wasn't lead in black people's water, wasn't like the internal colony that is every black zip code in the United States. The last straw wasn't um, driving down a public housing project and realizing that in a town that's majority white, the public housing is all black and that there might be like a public um there might be like, what does it mean to have an, a colony of people who don't have really any assets and forget commercial assets. We live in a capitalist democracy where, where black people don't have any commercial assets, assets. You can say that, well, what about Tyler Perry's studio? Tyler, like, Tyler Perry 
if Ted Turner woke up with Tyler Perry's studio as his own as his only asset left, like commercial asset left, Turner would kill himself. <laughs> like Tyler Perry's got black money, which is actually tied to kissing white butt, but or like not ticking them off in a certain way. But in terms of like, he doesn't even have really have Georgia money. He's got just black money, which is a lot of money if you don't if you forget that there's such a thing called white money, <laughs> right? And in Georgia, there is a lot of white money. Ted Turner's the biggest landowner in Georgia. Um, I mean, he still has parties that Tyler Perry wouldn't be able to go to. So, what you have to understand, and he, there are a lot of white women in Ted Turner's family who are um, not allies for racial justice. So this idea that like white women will save you is a little bit ridiculous. Putting women in charge doesn't actually change anything. Um, it just puts women in charge of institutions that are organized to keep black people degraded. <laughs> so this idea, and there's an idea that, well, you know, abortion's a black woman's issue. Well, it, black women have 99 problems and abortion access is one of them. But like, let's talk about the other 98 because if you deal with another 98 problems that black women have, maybe abortion becomes less of a salient issue, right? But black women are only allowed to talk about two things, abortion and how awful black men are. The whites only allow black women to talk about those two things. And if you want to talk about those two things, abortion and how awful black men are, you know, white men and women will pay you a lot of money <laughs> to do so, to do so. Um, and, and so that's why you see a lot of, and there are a lot of white women right now who are talking about how they're going to burn down everything because of Roe v. Wade being repealed. They're not going to burn down nothing. Then that demographic's not going to, they're not made for that life. They're coddled. What they might do is pay some black women to go take some lumps and light some matches, but they're not going to risk, like they are, as a demographic, like they don't, they're not about that life. <laughs> they're not about that life. And make no mistake, if the organizing of the resistance liberals for Roe v. Wade um, actually successful, they're going to go right back to brunch. They're not going to stay in the fight for critical race theory and stay in the fight for reparations. No, they're going to go back to brunch and then like um, write books about how well, more, more, more people need to do movements like us because we got Roe back and, and all of that. Um, so they'll order another mimosa while poo-pooing the people who are still fighting for racial justice and still fighting for labor justice. I, I think people fundamentally misunderstand how ultimately regressive that demographic is. If you took out all of the single issue abortion voters from the 2016 primary and the 2020 primary, it might, like, I don't know, Bernie Sanders might be president, right? Because then, yeah, so, and you, and you took out their money, because remember, their money, like, Elizabeth Warren got a, got a uh, $17 million grant to lose uh, after she was, you know, by some white woman who just wanted another white woman to do well and, you know, had an extra $17 million lying around uh, to make sure that Warren beat Bernie. And it turned out she didn't, but she hobbled Bernie enough so that Joe could go on. 
So you just got to understand that you're talking about allying with the worst allies in the history of America and some of the worst people in America. And so far as they don't know that they're the worst people in America and that and who are fundamentally unserious about labor because, you know, the, the insurance policy is just marrying some dude who'll take care of you, who feels duty-bound and culturally bound to take care of you. Even if you think that that's like patriarchal or whatever, it's still not a bad plan C. Um, and that's a lot of white women's plan C, even though they don't talk about it. Every real estate agent, all you, a, lot of them, a lot of these white lady real estate agents are doing it to hook up with, you know, a guy with enough money to buy a house. So you're talking about allying with some of the most unreliable allies in the history of allies <laughs> in the United States and for their justice claim, which I believe in. I just don't trust them to actually do the whole thing, right? So if you're saying that this is a, like abortion is a black issue, but reparations and uh, you know, childcare, universal well-paid childcare for both the caregivers and, and the people who are, who are using it is not a black issue, then I'm going to say that, like, actually, no, abortion isn't a black issue. If you're saying, well, they're all black issues, so we're going to do them all at the same time, I'm going to say, that's great. Which one are you going to do first? And they're going to say, well, reparations going to have to wait because the, the immediacy of abortion needs to take precedence, precedence. And I'll say, like, no, reparations will not wait. Either we do them at the same time or reparations goes first because reparations might be less divisive like nobody thinks god is ordaining uh black people not get reparations they just don't like they just don't know enough arguments right or the critical race theory but so if you're saying that reparations or critical race theory are too divisive but abortion somehow not as divisive then that's just special pleading you're confused and you're trying to confuse months, and you're just trying to get other people to take on your very divisive issue and take the lumps of taking on your very divisive issue. And maybe I don't want to do that if you're not willing to take on my very divisive issue, my, but, but actually has a better case for it because the case for abortion on demand is nowhere near as clear as the case for reparations for black descendants of slaves. I'll say that again. The case for abortion on demand is nowhere near as clear as the case for reparations for descendants of slaves, or even critical race theory in schools. So if you want me to go on your highly controversial, highly dubious issue of abortion on demand, um, then I'm going to need you to be very serious about my actually much easier to make case for reparations for black descendants of slaves. And this isn't even about me. I'm, I'm, my dad's from Ghana. My mom's from South Carolina. So, I, like, you can even cut me out of those reparations. I need the black people around me to get reparations. So, um, you know, my daughter has someone to go to prom with, right? So, <laughs> for me to have black grandkids, I'm going to need reparations for slaves. And I aspire to have black grandkids. So, like, I want black descendants of slaves to get reparations. Even if you just leave me out of it. Like, it's better for everyone and better for America to make America whole for black descendants of slaves to get, like, secure assets. Not just cash money, but secure assets and institutional power in their own institutions and the, the conditions of self-determination required to, for America to live up to its concept. 
of self-government. Because right now, the reason why you don't hear more people talking like me is because people can't talk like me and keep a job. I mean, I can, because mostly I need you to go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, dollars or $50 a month. But I also, you know, I have one life and I'm not going to spend it muzzled. Um, so we have single issue abortion voters are pretty much the worst humans in America, yet they have a legitimate issue. But the problem is, if you ally with them, they're not going to do anything for racial justice. They're not going to do anything for uh, labor justice. They will not be fully radicalized. They'll get what they get and then laugh at you for not getting. They don't, unless they actually blame. If, here's the deal. If this demographic actually said, like, yeah, we screwed up in 2016, and we screwed up with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We were thinking about ourselves. We didn't take the stakes appropriately seriously, although there were all of the warning signs. We just kind of were feeling ourselves, and we didn't really actually take it seriously. Then we could deal with them. But that's not that demographic. That demographic doesn't do, ever do anything wrong. They don't ever take responsibility for their choices. Like, and, um, and now they expect us to fight and die and get arrested for their screw-up. And while actually tacitly not ever going to really do anything to make black Americans whole. So don't fall into that trap. If you fall into that trap, you make them work for you too. Because this whole idea that they get to colonize progressive politics with their issue because now they feel like politics actually matters as more than just like an excuse to wear a pantsuit. That is, um, that's too bad. They abortion now is in the, in the water as like, a, you know, a, a campaign to wage, but it should get in the back of the line. Abortion Roe v. Wade needs to, like, abortion on demand needs to sit in the back of the line and sit behind critical race theory. It needs to sit behind um, reparations. We can maybe sit on the same bench, but it's not going ahead. And if it's going ahead, it's going to go ahead without me. And I think it should go ahead without you. And if they're not willing to, you know, wait their turn, <laughs> or at least come or tie their movement to reparations for black descendants of slaves, then it, it can go on without me. And it should go on without you. And it's their own fault because that's not too much to ask. All I'm asking you is I will match your energy for reparations. I will, my energy for abortion on demand will match your energy for reparations and not go one iota more. Thank you for your time. And I will see you um, on Thursday.